What's going on, everybody? Thank you guys again for returning and tuning in to a new episode of Change the Subject. I am your host, BJ. But first, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to all of you who have been leaving me such good feedback and comments on the recent material I've been putting out. It's been of great, great, great encouragement, and I really wanted to um, just show my appreciation for all of those people who have gone out their way to just tell me what a good job I've been doing. Especially for how challenging it is for me to talk about some of the things that I talk about and to know that it's being received well has been of really great encouragement. So thank you guys again. But I need a huge favor. Um, If in fact you listen to me on Apple Podcasts and even if you don't listen to me on Apple Podcasts, I need you to migrate over there real quick and leave me a rating and a comment. That will be of huge help to me at this point. I'm trying to reach a broader audience. And unfortunately, when you don't have as many comments or ratings, it typically keeps you in the position that you're in. When you have the high ratings and the higher responses, it tends to push you up in the app feed. So I'm trying to get into that realm with my show. So just head over there real quick and give me a rating. Tell me how I'm doing. Tell me what you think. I really appreciate that. I will really, really, really appreciate that. But today's episode, which is episode number 13, it is titled Cut Her Hair But Not Her Nigga. Now, the reason we named this show this is because typically for women of color, it seems that men believe that they have the right or the dictatorship to tell a woman how and what to do with her hair. And not only in relationships, she has this issue with the corporate world and her church and her group and social settings. It is so many different entities in a woman's life that tries to dictate to her how she is to handle and treat and care for her hair. So as a man, I decided to try to open up a dialogue and possibly learn something in the opportunity that I took to talk to a young lady by the name of Clashé. She's a a co-host of Dualistic Podcast and has her own show by the name of Diary of an Afro-Latina. She gave me the perspective of not only an African-American woman, but also a Latina woman as well. We talk terms and definitions, feelings, um, the hair journey as a whole. And I believe we had an incredible conversation and I am excited to share this with you. So hopefully you enjoy this one as you have been enjoying the others. I'm not going to hold you for too much longer. Just remember, please, please, please leave me a rating and a subscription and a comment on Apple Podcasts If you can, I would greatly appreciate that. Let's get into this show, y'all. Peace. I got Clashé on the show today, which is an amazing thing because <laughs> I have not seen Clashé since, what, was it June of last year? Oh, it was June of last year. That was yeah. the blackout. Yeah, for the uh, Good Vibes Only Tour. Good Vibes Only Tour. Right, which actually is coming back around in um, June. They have the second, e- yep. Uh, yep, the second event, the uh, Summer Solstice. Um, it's coming Isn't up on June. Are you coming for that? I believe so. I really do believe so. I'm having some um, issues with my personal job because my traveling is starting to interfere with what they believe to be the system they have in place. But um, mm. okay. I'm going to do my best to fight to get down there. They always tend to give me a hard time because I have a a major account that I cover and I'm the ah. only person that can typically handle it. So it seems like 
they give me the hardest time on requesting off and things of that nature. But ultimately, I tend to work a way out. So I'm going to try to definitely be there because I feel like that's me. Like I need to have a good vibe. Yeah, you definitely need that um, that me time and that way away from work. But I definitely get it because that's yeah. how it is for me. They always but. give me a hard time. <laughs> but thank you so much. I really appreciate you for doing this for me because it seems like you were the only person I could think of for this particular conversation so i'm just glad to have you thank you for having me i'm excited this is going to be dope this is going to be dope so um (laughs) just take a few minutes in the beginning of the show to kind of like give yourself some free promotion tell everybody who you are what you're doing and all of the different you know things as far as like podcasting that you're doing so they'll know who you are um so basically i have um a podcast with my co-host, Samantha, we have Dualistic Podcast, um, which actually we've been around for two years now. It'll be two in June um, again. Um, and then, um, so shout out to that. And then I have my own personal podcast, which is The Diary of the Afro-Latina. And pretty much on that podcast, well, the other one I talk about, we talk about more of sex, life, love, pretty much everything. Um and then on my personal one, which is Diary Afro Latina, I pretty much just talk about everything that I deal with as a black Latina in America. <laughs> so um, just talking about stereotypical things that people think. Um, so that's really dope. I do that. And then also one dope thing coming out know June just seems to be like a popular time of month. But I'm pregnant, so I'm due in June, too. Um <laughs> Everything's happening in June. Oh, man. So more <laughs> rays of sunshine is going to be upon <laughs> us in June. I know. That is so dope. Congratulations on that. Thank That's a beautiful you. thing for you Thank to so kind of share with us because we see the the glow and the, the excitement <laughs> in your videos and your pictures. It's just really nice. And it just kind of warms your spirit. Like, I know her and I was around for this whole process. It's like... I yes. feel apart, so that's I think definitely... everybody does. You know, yeah. the whole Twitter family and all of us have met each other in person. Right. Um, we went from Twitter family to family, you know, we pretty much it's just and then I think today's the first day that I actually posted ever a picture of a pregnancy picture. Right. So I, right. I'm pretty weird about vibes. So um so yeah. As you should. As you should be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are pretty much all I have going on. Right. Everybody really is excited about that. I really personally believe that we have to have these kind of moments because I don't think that we take the relationship that we all have as just being like content creators, um, being around each other in certain areas. Like we really do have a relationship, you know, and we need to appreciate meeting people from all different sorts and walks of life. Because just because we don't personally know each other or we didn't grow up with each other, we do have influences on each other as far as moving forward. And I appreciate all of the relationships that I've been able to create because I was a kid that didn't really have a whole lot of friends growing up. Uh, me either. Um, yeah. I, I was a military brat. So one to right, nine right. different schools, you don't really keep friends. <laughs> and you don't, you know, and some people, they don't realize when you meet that one person that takes everything personal. You don't realize like mm-hmm. this is why, because he might, he or she may be, you know, feeling at risk of losing 
a certain level of bonding. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm one of them people that I take everything personal when it comes to my relationships with all of you guys. You know, I agree. So, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So, so I definitely can agree with you on that one. Yeah, I definitely want everybody to know that it is, you know, something that we should really hold in high regard. So um, I'm really excited about today's conversation. I want to touch on something that I think women can kind of communicate to us a little bit more so that we can understand. So I'm going to use you as the person of interest to help me introduce the conversation. But first, we have a segment that I would like to do called Q&A, kind of like an icebreaker to see what kind of personality you have behind the podcaster or the person that is guesting on the show. I just typically ask you about maybe six or seven questions. If in fact you get a question that you're not comfortable or don't necessarily have the answer to, you can opt for the alternative because the segment is called questions, answers, and alternative. So you okay. can just pretty much opt for the alternative question, but that's the only question you can get after you asked for the alternative. So are you down to answer a couple questions? Yep, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So question number one, name the person, celebrity or otherwise, who if you were ever to get caught cheating, it would be with this said gentleman. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, I probably would have to say... Um, let you have that if black women cheat yeah you know, i'm gonna let you have that one for today all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right number two is which one are you most familiar or believe you to be sweet or spicy I can accept I would, that. Huh? I can accept that answer. I can be both. I'm definitely both. Um, if you ask my friends, they're pretty much like, oh, she's sweet, but. <laughs> right. It's always those ones that come off as just like the angels walking the earth that have that that real spicy, um, that real stern and strict attitude. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> So I can definitely I can't see deny that. that. <laughs> I can definitely see hey, that. I have moments. <laughs> As we are, so I can accept you being both. Um, number three is walks in the park or walks on the beach. I like walks on the beach. I'm a beach type person, so I would take walks on the beach any day. Okay. So number four is, are you a woman who? prefers a sundress or booty shorts sundress they're way more comfortable than booty shorts oh, oh okay <laughs> <laughs> hey no. first of all i don't think i need to be walking outside with some booty shorts <laughs> um i got kids i got a son <laughs> well, walking outside know, booty shorts. i get it i think it's i think it's basically um 
even though it's not really popular opinion i do think that there is a classy way to wear them you know what i'm saying like you don't have to like have the whole ass cheek hanging out in order for you to feel like a lady and feel empowered to wear you know something sensual and sexy like i think that it has a a barometer to it just like anything else but you know that's just for people i think that's my mom's style i think i wore slightly booty shorts to the black house i would say that i did wear some there but i mean i guess it just depends on how you um wear it i don't mind people yeah. who do just i don't i have a hard time just just because they're more comfortable yeah okay so number five is a good kiss or a firm ass grab I take a good kiss. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anybody can grab a firm, like <laughs> grab your ass firmly. Anybody, but right. like a kiss, it's more essential. I feel you on that one. Everybody can't kiss, yeah. No, okay. but I prefer. But hey, if we're gonna kiss and that's what I prefer, like it better be good. <laughs> it better be good, good. Okay, all right. Number six is Megan the Stallion or Trina. I'm gonna go with Trina. Wow. Really? I mean, that's just, I guess because that's the, I haven't really listened to Megan Stallion like that. So it's kind of like, uh, I know I'm in Dallas, Megan Stallion. She's from Houston, if I'm not uh, wrong. Um, but I, I've never really, like, got into her music like that. And I think I just okay. recently had a debate about this. But yeah, I prefer Trina. Maybe that's just because of how, I mean, maybe my age and then what I loved. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, you know, preferring the OG over the newbie. All right. Yeah. Kind of. All right. I can accept that. Number seven is you are in the middle of the best drunk strip tease of your life. Mm -hmm. Everything up top is already off. You turn around. To let him see you take off the bottoms from the back. Which would you prefer to happen if shit went left? The smell of strong pee permeating the air or a small streak of shit staying in your underwear as you pull your pants down? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> this threw me all the way in the <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wait, what was the first one? The first one was the smell of strong pee permeating the air or the small streak of shit stained in your underwear as you pull your pants down. What were the choices that I had to like go past this one? <laughs> one, neither one of these. <laughs> now, I mean, hey, you can answer it or you can pick your alternative. <laughs> I'm a mild alternative. <laughs> right. You the first person that actually picked the alternative. Um, okay, so the alternative question is you have to sleep in this space for an entire year. Which would you choose? The projects on a pissy mattress or a jail floor on the cardboard cot mattress? I'll take I'll take the, the first one, the project on a pissy mattress, right? Yeah. I'll take that over jail, laying off the floor any day. Oh, okay. Yeah, I nah, kind of thought I, about that one too. Yeah, I think it's yeah. 
it kind of gives you the idea of in one case it's the worst case scenario but at least you're free like you have to like exist in jail for a certain amount of time with no freedom versus just having to you know sleep in a trying circumstance so yeah you're having it and that's and that could just be temporarily so like that situation and then it's like i could deal with that i think there's people who deal with that all on a daily so i'm like i can deal with that i can't deal with being locked up and laying on the floor like whatever the case may be heck no right 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 so to you guys that are listening since cliche cannot answer number seven i want you guys to tell me what your answer would be to question number seven you are in the middle of the best the all-star game drunk strip tease for your man and everything that you took off is pretty much off up top but then you go to like the bottom half what would you want to be the outcome if your shit just so happened to go left do you want to smell like pee or do you want to have like a little small streak in your panties like and then it's it, i mean what do you do in a situation like that like what do you do i mean can can you use i was drunk as an excuse <laughs> oh, i'm so sorry i'd be deadly embarrassed i don't care how drunk i am i would be so damn embarrassed by either one of those oh man Mm, 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 mm. I would never see you ever again. <laughs> Whatever this person, like I will never show my face ever again in life. Wow! So <laughs> definitely let me know what you guys think. Like, what would be your position in that regard? So I'm curious too. <laughs> so now we're going to um kind of like delve into the topic, which is about hair. Um, a woman's relationship with her hair now. Um, the relationship, just from being an outsider, to me, it looks to be just as difficult as any other relationship in her life, you know, and it's never really addressed by men. And considering that men often try to dictate the styling and the look of it, most of us believe that it is a part of our needs or relationship requirements of a sense. So I wanted to kind of discuss it with you and you know and luckily for me I have to really commend you for being open to talk about it because you're not just a black woman you're also a Latina woman who is you know pretty much been addressing the the issues with discriminations from two ethnicities so we're going to kind of have like a dual conversation so like what was your experiences like growing up as a child with your own texture of hair have one side, well, I'll say more the Latina side, where a lot of the women on my, on the Latina side have really straight hair. Um, mm-hmm. Or some, they're like wavy straight, but it's not like mine. And then, like, them trying to deal with how to do my hair or deal with my hair was a problem. And then on, you know, my dad's side, the black side, um, it was more of, uh, I don't know, it's I feel like on the black side, we had more of a connection to our hair. Our hair means everything. And mm-hmm. I would go back and say, like, even with my dad, he was like, you better not. I think this is a black. I don't know if it's like a black man mentality. It's like you never cut your hair. Um, like, that okay. makes you who you are. Um, right, right. So it was two t- totally different things. Like, that side was like, oh, you got hair. That's, you know, kind of like ours, but it's not really like ours, but it's more like it. Then you have the other side of the spectrum. It's like, 
girl, no. <laughs> We're about to do something with your hair. <laughs> wow, wow. So that's definitely how I had to deal with it. That's interesting because when you growing up, when you begin to grow up and you realize um, who you are as a person, there's not really many things to identify with as a kid. Usually you kind of like look at the exterior, like where you grew up, um, where you went to school at, like those type of things are what impacts you the most. You never really realize how much you've been like discriminated against for just your personal appearance alone. Because like even in school, you kind of like identify other people that have the same situation or appear to have the same situation as you do. So you never really focus as much on yourself growing up. But um, now I'm beginning to see in media and other different areas that we have been made apparent of how the world views black hair. Like it's, it's being like prominently highlighted now more than any other time that I could personally remember. So um, just speaking on how there's like two completely different backgrounds that you come from and experiences, of course, are different from both. Did you like did you ever find yourself being a little bit more comfortable with one of those sides or did you like recognize yourself more in one side in particular? Definitely. I recognize myself more on being a black woman. Um, and it took me a long time to actually like grasp the fact that I was, you know, I already knew I was both, but I could associate with just being a black woman. People look at me, they never really, unless you live up north, I live in the south, they never really see you as being a Latina woman. Like, or they have this picture of what they think a Latina woman looks like. So I naturally always gravitated to just being, I guess, a black woman who has no Latina roots. So it was easier for me to go that route um, because of, I guess, the way I looked, my hair. Um, it's just, it, it made it more comfortable for me um, as opposed to having to always defend myself with, you know, being a Latina woman, like, you and I look, you know, like, you don't look like us, or even if I had to defend myself on the other side, it's like, girl, you're just black. <laughs> right, right, right. So, it was, I had, I dealt with more of loving, or starting, I loved myself first as a black woman, and then later on when I did my research, um, I started to love my, the other side way more, not that I didn't love it, it was, it was just like, I just didn't know how to deal with being both, because I didn't look like everyone right. else well, I didn't think I looked like everyone else and so more people started coming out and just like feeling more comfortable with what they are now what is something that we as black people don't necessarily know about the Latina hair struggle is there any there's definitely hair struggles um and it goes back to just um Latinas we we definitely have a lot of the same um, the community definitely has a lot of the same struggles that a black community have. The same thing with colorism. We still have the same thing with our hair. Um, everyone, um, because it, I would say, because it's almost the same, still have that European uh, mentality of, or um, Spain, because a lot of Hispanics are from Spain, their ancestors. So it's it's more of, 
dealing with everyone wants their hair really straight. And mm-hmm. people don't realize, and that's the only thing in our community. Um, if you go to Puerto Rico right now, if you didn't know that, there's like half of the island where half of the people have really curly hair. But they're dealing with the struggle of, I want to make sure I still look like a Latina, quote unquote. So they do straighten their hair. They do get relaxers just like people uh, we do you know here in the states like as a black woman we still have the same exact so it's not really different it's just a different um uh there was more people with straight hair in the latina communities than it is and out and like the black community so but the struggles are really truly the same oh okay yeah it's 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 not too different um i really wanted to um start this dialogue because one, because of the question that I initially wanted to ask, and then also because I have, too, um, been ignorant to um, the type of discrimination that this really is. So my intent to really start this conversation is to educate people as well as myself on the whole um, hair dynamic. And I want to personally call what we're addressing hairism because it is another form of discrimination and we have to label it just as much as we label everything else. I just want to kind of like get into the different levels of discrimination. And we're going to use some of the context of the hair process as the title for each thing that we're going to break down. So we're going to talk about deep conditioning. Now, by definition, it says that deep conditioning is meant for providing moisture, improving texture and reducing breakage and split ends. It nourishes, strengthens, and fully moisturizes your hair. Now, would is that ultimately what you believe a deep conditioner to do? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, because I just want to make sure that I'm accurate. Yep. On You're what right. I'm getting. You got this. You did your so, research. Yeah, I really had to study for this one. So, um, <laughs> But, of course, you know, here I changed the subject. We like to dig a little bit deeper than just the surface so in my mind when I hear deep conditioning as it applies to this conversation I want to talk to the subject of how we've created this just Eurocentric standard on our women as early as children like if you could like date back to you know growing up in the earlier parts of your life I know for me as a black man I remember like certain things like happening regularly in the household where like, you know, perms were a big thing, you know, back in my childhood, all my cousins was getting perms, head was burning out and all of this crap. And I never really understood like, why do they have to go through so much pain to look a certain type of way? And then even as these cousins and, you know, different family members have grown up and I've seen them become women, they are still struggling to be comfortable with their hair. What is that process like to like date back to your childhood, realizing that there were so many things in place with perms and all these different hair treatments that really were not even made for your hair. Um, But you're using these things to kind of fit into this Eurocentric society of standard. Oh my goodness. You, (laughs) I remember I had to I had flashbacks of talking about perms and um <laughs> those, oh my goodness perms definitely I I 
between perms and using that hot comb on the stove um, brings back so many memories. But I think then it was just, it was us trying to fit in in a society where we never really truly fit in. Okay. So it it was more of that coping mechanism. It was more of that, hey, like, let's, I wouldn't say necessarily look like Europeans, but more so, like, let's try to blend in. Um, okay, okay. So it's more of that aspect, because we were still really strong on who we were, um, still are to this day, but back then it was more of, like, let's get through the struggle, like our parents, like our grandparents, all that. Let's get through the struggle. Let's try to fit in so then we can get to where we need to be so we don't have to do that anymore. Um, and women now still have that mentality. Now my daughter, I'll never let her straighten her hair. Um, not while I'm doing it. Her hair's going to stay curly. Um, and she she does have a, I guess, a kinkier texture than what most would um, prefer. Um, right, right. I mean, people would like to say things about that. But, you know, I want her, and, and I think it's more of like, don't try to fit in. Our family then, and but our community then, we're just trying to get us to a place where we could be accepted. So right, that right. was the biggest thing with it. it. It was more like, let's fit in until we get to where we need to be, then we can be ourselves. And it's always going to be a struggle for our women um, because we want to, um, I don't, you know, we just want to, I want to fit in, but we want the option to do what we want to do too um, yeah, nowadays. Yeah. But it's going to be something that's hard to break. And I don't think it needs to be broken, but it is something that that is hard to break that mentality now, now in that process of um trying to fit in which i do understand that um that's just you know playing the figurative game in a <laughs> sense but in that process of trying to fit in do you believe as the black and latino woman representative um do you think we as minorities have some kind of lost self-worth and appreciation for our hair textures by trying to fit in because naturally when I think of how you described your daughter's hair I didn't hear nappy I heard kinky I heard coil you know what I'm saying and I think it's like the the fitting in aspect of things is to try to adapt a a familiar definition versus what it really means like you know we we tend to look at you know kinky hair as nappy it doesn't necessarily mean that is nappy. It just has a spiral. It has a coil to it. It has a certain, you know, it has a certain body, you know, to it. And I think that that's what's confusing our young girls is that the straight to be able to just run your fingers through it is the idea of what our hair texture is supposed to be like versus it being able to withstand heat and all of the different things that our hair actually does that actually makes us unique so do you think that we've lost the true context of our hair texture by trying to fit in so much um i would if you would ask me this 10 years ago i would say yes um okay. but now no i think society has shifted so much now that pretty much any texture is being more accepted it's not looked at as negative but like I said if you would ask me 10 years ago um I would have uh, said that it kind of molded like how we thought about our hair but now I think it's 
it's just beautiful now that there's so many different hairstyles and how we think on hair is different than mm-hmm. what it was, I could say, five or ten years ago. Okay. Okay. Now, I had to... um. I had to really reach for like resources of um, several women that I know. And one of my friends, Ashley, um, I just had her on the show not too long ago. Um, she really gave me a lot of like education on various different like hair isms. And one of which is the uh, corporate America's <laughs> discrimination. And interesting enough, um, of course it's considered like black hair or ethnic hair is considered at times to be unprofessional. Now, right. That's pushing it, but you know, it, it's a part of the struggle. Um, how does that feel to, to believe that something that you have no control over, like your birthright or birthmark is deemed to be unprofessional? It's crazy. I used to never go to an interview unless my hair was straight or pulled back in a bun. Um, so I, now it's like, either you gonna hire me because of my hair curly <laughs> or however it looks, because I've been to interviews and I've gotten a job where my hair was just curly. It was mm-hmm. out. It was, it was nicely done. I would say it was tamed because sometimes I just let it go any way it wants, but it was tamed. It was nice. I didn't feel like I needed to straighten it. I didn't feel like if I didn't straighten my hair that they weren't gonna hire me. Um, and, I mean, I just, I told myself, I was like, if this job was meant to be, it would be. But I did, I remember going through, hey, I can't go to this interview unless my hair is done. Like, it had to be straight, pulled back in a bun, something where it didn't show any kind of texture in mm-hmm. my hair. Um, so that was, that was difficult for me to go through. And I think as um, black women or women of color, it's just one of those things because it's not, socially acceptable everywhere um I I think and and then the field I'm in I'm in like more of a healthcare recruiting everybody looks however um but when I was working in the hospital I I did when I originally started um wearing my hair curly I would pull it back um and abundance because I didn't want people to think you know I was unprofessional because that's how people viewed it they looked at it as unprofessional Curly hair, dreads, you know, um, any of those things that pretty much helps, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the word. <laughs> yeah, They're pretty I much get it. I get it. says who we are. Um, mm-hmm. It's our form of expression. It's right, us. Right. We brought this here. This is us. And um, it's just, I think now it's becoming, I wouldn't say it's all the way there yet, but it's definitely getting there. Um you tend to have people who still get so fascinated by our hair and want to touch it. <laughs> oh, but, wow. yeah, it's so annoying. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where, like I said, I've been guilty of it. And I probably know lots of women of color who have been guilty of that. Um, and we feel like we have to do those things. But now I think it's getting better. It's not where it needs to be. But it's definitely getting better. You're speaking to someone who went to an interview, and I have a septum piercing, and I went in there with my curly hair. So oh, <laughs> okay. I'm like, either yeah. you're going to hire me or you're not. So I'm not going to change who I am, but I'm going to perform well. Right, right, right. Because um, interesting enough, like in this process of me discussing with Ashley about um corporate America, she brought a very interesting point up. And um, we somehow got to the conversation of Easter Sunday, how when you would – 
get prepared for Easter as a black girl. And, you know, on your way to church, you would get your dress and you have your ruffle socks and your slides and everything is like so well put together as far as the outfit. But what was projected around those times of having on certain type of clothing is that your hair had to be a certain way in order for you to look presentable. So ultimately, that would be the point where you would press your hair. Now, you would go to school, put on your regular school clothes your hair done swelling up, ponytail, rubber band, whatever. But ultimately, when you had to like make yourself up or present yourself in a certain way, you had to either press and, you know, curl your hair a certain type of way. So that's what's being projected now is that in order for you to look decent, neat and compliance or something to that effect, like you have to have your hair a certain type of way. Um, Why is our hair considered a style and not who we actually are as people. I that is a really, really good question. Um I would just have to say that dang, that's a good question. As people oh Lord, so you got me on this one. I'm like, <laughs> dang, I feel like I really gotta I really gotta think this one through. Um yeah. Of course, <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but just thinking on it, I mean, I I think when I when I think about the question, I feel like there is this idea that what we do with our hair is a choice. Like, mm-hmm. there's this idea that we choose to wear our hair natural. We choose to um, leave our hair in this thick and intolerable state at times. Like we just get to a point where we just accept this. Like this is our reality. This is not something that we get up in the morning and say, Hey, fuck it. This is just how I'm going out the door. Like this is like our reality. And a lot of times the, you know, these con conditions we put on our hair where we're trying to perm it and, we try to do all these different, you know, miracles to fit in. A lot of times it's more stressful than just accepting who we are as people. And it's a style choice for everybody that tries to emulate. Or I'm not even going to say emulate because they don't all the way do it right. They parody no, it. They, don't. they parody our, our, our yeah. hair textures and they do all these different things. They accessorize it with all of our culture and you know and it and it almost makes it feel like what we go through is not authentic and that's what I think I'm trying to establish with the conversation is for us as black people like we we are the standard we've always typically been the standard for what everybody does in style everybody does with their hair and I want women to I I guess it's not really my place to say it but what I want to emphasize is it's okay to have that texture. It's okay to be who you are because I realized that even as a man, I've also been sexist when it comes to how I view black hair. And I have to own that. I have to own that. I've treated some women, you know, fairly different than women that I've ultimately, you know, have had the opportunity to be with because of how I judged their hair it's just simply not being educated 
not really knowing, you know, the struggle of what it takes to maintain that mane of hair. And, you know, it's just it's just time for us to, like, talk about things objectively, like say you were wrong for how you viewed it so that we can correct it and move these things forward. So this is why I wanted to emphasize, like, to our women that this is not just a style choice. This is who we are. You know, it's style definitely, changes. And I, I want to tread lightly on who we are um, because I would say this because people put so much focus on our hair that even as black women, we put so much focus on our hair. We feel like we can't, like you said, you brought up, you know, not being able to go to, you know, Easter Sundays that's coming up. So you, mm-hmm. you can't go anywhere unless our hair is done. We put so much focus on it. But right. in reality, our culture has all, always been about hair. We we started the braiding. We started the, you know, like, we're, we're, we were the people who started this all. And people, like you said, it kind of was like a parody. Like, they kind of came in and they tried to remix it. It didn't right. really turn out right. It was a really bad remix. Right. It wasn't the original, the badass remix. Um, So it's, we've always, I want to. I don't want women to think that, and I think it's shifting, but I don't want us to feel like we are our hair. So if I cut my hair off tomorrow, and I've cut my hair off before, if I cut it off tomorrow, it doesn't make me who I am. And I think a lot of times as black women, as women of color, we tend to make it seem like that's all we do. And I don't fault you for thinking of women, you know, hey, she may have this style. I don't prefer my woman have a style. I may judge you a certain way for this. But mm-hmm. we, us women, that's how we use to express ourselves, whether we want to go straight, braids, weave, curly, cut all the hair off, um, wear a pixie cut, like, however the case may be, that, that was, that's always been our form of expression, our form of communication, how we express ourselves. Um, and so when we, when we see other cultures or people trying to, um, emulate our styles, or like I said, I like the term you dirty, um, they, they, um, it, it does hurt, because it's like, this is ours, this is literally the only thing that we do have, that we've came to terms with, and mm-hmm. it, it, it hurts, because you don't want that to be, everybody makes it seem like that they start this, now it's all of a sudden so cool, but when we were doing it was not, not professional, so I'm gonna go back on your last, um, question you had, it was not professional, blah, 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 um, but I, I don't want it to be like that's who we are, our hair. Right, I want it to right. be more than that. I want it to be a piece of who we are. Like, this is this is a piece. This is an accessory to who we are. It doesn't make me who I am. Frustrate my hair tomorrow. My hair doesn't make me who I am. It's the person that I am on the inside that makes me who I am. Um, right, and I right. think that's what uh, women of color were slowly, you know, trying to get, like, um, I, and then just trying to cultivate that this, how I wear my hair does not dictate who I am as a person. Um, okay. Okay. So it's pretty much where I want to go with it. And I don't want people to, like I said, I try to tread lightly on our hair. This is who we are because it's not who we are. It's just an accessory of who we are. All right. I can, I can really dig that. I stand corrected. I think, um, I think you made it plain for me as to like how to view it because it kind of like, takes us into the next um, term that we're going to kind of like break down, which is protective styling. Now, by definition, and correct me if this is wrong, 
But protective styling is any style that protects the ends of your hair. It decreases tangling, shedding and breakage. But that's not what we are actually talking about. But that's ultimately what the definition is. Does that sound correct? That's very correct. Okay. Research. Google. Research. Research. (laughs) Okay. So are women made to feel less than because of their hair? So they choose to wear straight to protect themselves from white America. So like despite the braids and the sew-ins being considered as protective styles, white America looks at these things as recreational. Like this is just something that you just choose to do whenever you feel inspired when it's actually something that you use as a way to protect the hair that you have been dealing with in this hair journey. Like you, you actually have practices to deal with your texture versus them just thinking that, Oh, you just picked a style in the hair magazine. Like, is that a thing for you? Uh, I mean, I always say this (laughs) because they do think that we just doing it just because, but um, it, it's a little bit of both. We do it because we want to. We want to protect what hair that we have. Like the hair, a lot of people just assume that black women have no hair. Um, right. That right. is the biggest misconception that anyone could ever think of. It's just because a woman wears a weave, she has no hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's a huge misconception. And then when you see them with their life, even like me, I'm like sometimes you kind of catch yourself like, "Dang, I didn't know you had over hair." Um, but they do tend to think it that way but really that's our protective style that's just how we um we protect what we have um Mm -hmm. but also give us a chance to 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 experiment with other things but still feel good about ourselves Um, it's just one of those things that that's just how it is and that's just like I said I already said it's our form of you know expressing ourselves in a sense but it's also we're protecting what we have um and it and I mean it's for us it's not for anyone else to understand and I don't I think what we have to start doing is not stop trying to defend ourselves so much it is what it is um, right, right, right. If y'all don't understand, it's not meant for you to understand. I and I think that's day. important. I really do think that's important because, um, <laughs> sadly, I think that it really does show the ego of white America to believe mm-hmm. that you're the end all be all and you're so uneducated <laughs> to the people that you're technically supposed to represent. Like you have all of these different things in place to make people believe, oh, we're we're about equality and You know, we don't discriminate against race, you know, gender and all of these different things. But hair is just as much a discrimination as it is anything else. People are judged by their hair. So, like, in your opinion, with you saying that you work with people and um, you've seen different dimensions of like office structure and whatnot, do you think that hair discriminations should be brought to you know, corporate, if in fact there is a discrimination in the workplace? Like, do you think that's the issue that we should take to the higher ups in our workplaces? Definitely, because how I wear my hair does not affect how I perform. How It doesn't even matter what my hair looks like. Um, how And I think that's where we have the issue at is that 
corporate America just has a standard that they think that this is this is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to look like us because a lot of the people who are in upper, um, who are in corporate America, it's changing now, but they were, they are white, European, whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> so their standard of beauty is different and that, and ours, when we come in, we're like, it, it needs to be changed because that's how they judge us from the jump. It's just like saying, you're not going to say you're pregnant when you go to an interview um, because you are going to be judged off that. They're not going to hire you. No, no, they're not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's be real. It happens. Right, it happens, right. right. It happens. They're not going to tell you that because they can't tell you that's why they didn't hire you. But they're going to look at your hair. They're going to look at you as a person, what you look like. But they don't care about how you perform because that was their initial reaction to how they are judging you. Um, it don't matter. Um, but I do feel like it's something that should be brought up higher. And it has in some cases, it hasn't, it hasn't in others, but in, now with my profession, it really doesn't need to be addressed, but when I was working, where I was working at previously, of course, um, it's something that needs to be addressed. You need to bring it up higher up, and if you do need to go to the next level, if that's what you need to do, I think we're just so scared to go to the next level, um, just out of fear of more issues later on yeah. down the line. Right. Um, with work, we already deal with enough. We had that mentality too of like, shit, I'm going to leave it how it is. I need this paycheck. I need this money. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm, I'm just here to collect my paycheck. Yeah. By the end of the day, you want it to be in an atmosphere where you feel comfortable. And if, it, if you know that's what's going on, bring it up higher up. Yeah. I think so too. I, um, I haven't really experienced it like in my own personal, um, experiences but i have seen how um in certain instances like they'll go to the women first and um you know like uh we have a warehouse um, where i work at i'm a delivery driver but ultimately when i whenever i go through the warehouse they typically go to the women first about putting on the hair nets and stuff and um a man could have you know, dreads hanging down to his ass and they'll walk right past him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I've seen that happen. I've seen, you know, situations where like women have to go through like so much to just be accepted. You know what I'm saying? Like in any typical facet that a man has so much ease to get into. And a lot of men typically have more hair than women nowadays and it seems as if they still get you know a certain level of break and leniency in certain regards to um professionalism working um the way in which we you know just live our everyday lives with our style choices like men still have a certain privilege that women are still trying to you know get for themselves so i get it like i really do think that we need to communicate more um to bring attention to it simply because I feel like even though these people, you know, have their finger on a lot of things that's going on in the world, they still don't really know black struggle or Latino struggle. They don't really know it. They just, they think that there is a, you know, one size fits all like rule book for people when it comes to, 
you know, different things. And it's never going to be like that. It's never going to be just one rule that covers everything for everybody. So, and and women, I mean, you men are going through it too. It's not as difficult as a, a, a I wouldn't say as difficult, but I wouldn't, it was different scale as being a black, being a, a woman of color and being a woman. Um, it's a, it's, it's difficult, but men, y'all go through it too. You yeah, think, yeah. you know, y'all got, y'all got to get these fresh fades. Before y'all go to y'all's interview, guess what y'all thinking about? Y'all thinking about getting a fresh fade before you go to the interview. Mm-hmm. You're not, and it's a little, even if you have dreads, y'all still trying to make sure, hey, let's make sure my dreads look up to par. Right, you know, right, it, it's right. a different level because um, men, not like, naturally men have always been, I would say white men start with white men being more acceptable than black men kind of, you know, kind of weaved in there, but still women were still on the back end of things. Uh, women, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't do a lot of things. And as a woman in general, then being a black woman is like, and it's 10 times like you're like, okay, your hair got to look this way. You can't do this. You need to be a housewife. You need to do this, 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 and this. And, but men, you black men are going through it too. You're, you're dealing with some of the same issues we're dealing with, just on a different scale. Right, um, right. On a different spectrum. Yeah, you might get, I feel like you guys may get a little leniency more than a woman would. But at the end of the day, y'all are definitely dealing with hair struggles just as much as a woman is. You're you're going to make sure you have your fresh fade um, every, either every week or every other week. You know, yeah. every Friday. <laughs> every other right, Friday, right. y'all are in the barbershop. I guess y'all not doing it for, I wouldn't, I would say you would, you're not doing it for yourself, but I would say you're doing it more because you got to upkeep it for work. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have a hair struggle. Like the thing about me, um, my experiences are very different because I'm so consumed with white America and, mm-hmm. um, all of the things that that entails. Like I work, you know, six full days a week and, I, you know, dedicate myself so much to the employer that I don't even take time out to even get haircuts. And then it's so difficult because a haircut for a black man has a lot to do with his self-esteem. You know, the self-esteem of a black man on haircut day is completely different than, you know, any other day in his life. It's completely different. There's a certain energy that seems to be revitalized when the oil sheen is applied to (laughs) a black man's head so like i totally get that but then um interesting enough like with me being in my natural state of you know hair just growing all over the place um my beard is patchy i deal with that i deal with so many issues of trying to um grow a full beard and i even noticed that like you are looked at different when you go through the wild growth stages because of course, in order for a man to grow hair correctly, he has to kind of what is called wolf. You have to wolf it. You have to like go through this caveman process. So like people look at you differently when you have that process. And so it definitely affects the way that men feel about themselves too, because what we have to go through in order to grow the type of hair or type of beards we will like it requires us to take these unorthodox approaches which the only reason that there are unorthodox approaches because you just don't know what the fuck we go through 
You know what right. I'm saying? So that's <laughs> right. pretty much what it is. But yeah, like, and then on top of that, like, I'm in a relationship with a photographer, like a person yep. who loves to take pictures. And oh yeah, she is doing the thing. Shouts out to her. Um, yeah. I really, I really admire her drive to um, capture the moments and. Ultimately, that is what she does very well. Like she's the person that um, sees interactions and knows exactly when to, you know, press the button. She knows exactly when to capture that moment. And those moments for me personally are extremely uncomfortable simply because of my hair. And, and, and that goes, that's why I said it goes on both ends. Right, As a right, black right. man, a black woman or men of color, women of color, like, we hold a high standard when it comes to our hair. If mm-hmm. our hair, and it, and it reflects in how we feel personally, when a yeah. black man gets his hair done, like, cut, fresh fade, that oil scene, you said everything a black woman would say. When we get our <laughs> hair freshly pressed, and we put that, they put that oil scene on there, your whole mentality, everything changes. Your, yeah. your whole swag is changed. <laughs> when you come out that barbershop, out that beauty salon. It feel but like the real carpet. <laughs> man, we we um we on Insta story, we on Snapchat, mm-hmm. we on everywhere feeling brand new. But that right. that that's why I said that is our form of expression. Not just for black women, black men too. Right. That right. that's us. When we get these things done, it does. It affects our mood in a whole different way. But when you're going through that wolf stage, or we're going through whatever stage as a woman, we're going through growing on her hair, we're going through the awkward hair stage, we feel some type of way because we've always been groomed, that our hair should be groomed, our hair should right, be looked right. a certain way, so then we're, I think that's one way we need to change our mentality, and that's why I said earlier, it doesn't make us who we are, it's just an accessory, and once we get to the fact that your hair your hair is just your accessory. It should not affect your mood. But it does. Mm-hmm. It, it, it definitely it, does. It does because that's how we've always been brought up. As soon as you got your hair, as a woman, as soon as you got our hair freshly um, pressed, as soon as we freshly got it permed, you guys, y'all freshly get it faded. Um, or get it, back then it was getting it freshly braided too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's like you felt like a new person. But I think now, I was like, I think our mentality needs a change of how we, um, how we present ourselves. Like, you might be going through this stage, and I might be going through whatever hair stage I'm going through, but it shouldn't affect us how we are, and it's just going to be, an, it's going to be a, a change for us all, because it's always been there. It's, that's what made us who we are. It makes us, because as a culture, that just something we're big on yeah. black culture it's something that we're big on and i don't want to say american um culture even though we're in america even though we are the culture um i would say like our you know if you look back on africa ancestry like if you have a lot of people there or the islanders they're big on hair um yeah, whether yeah, it's yeah. braids twist everything it does affect everyone's mood but I, I like that you brought up how you were going through those things and it does kind of affect you because mm-hmm. as women, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't totally think about, about it that way. Cause I'm like, oh no, man, it don't affect them that much, you know? Yeah. But then at the end of the day, when I went back and thinking about it as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, y'all going through the same struggles we going through. We just don't realize we all going mm-hmm. through the same struggles. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 
So, um, interesting enough, we're at, well, we have two more. I'm going to try to figure out an interesting way to weave these two in together because they kind of deal with the same um, issue. We're going to talk about keeping your ends clipped, right? Because it applies to men too. Um, they tell you that you should trim your beard in order for the growth to increase. Um, women, same thing. So uh, by definition, clipping your ends will assist in the prevention of unhealthy split ends. When your ends are healthy, your hair grows longer and shorter amounts of time. It promotes healthy hair growth, making it look thicker, healthier, and shiny. Is that the correct def definition for keeping your ends clipped? Yeah. I'm telling you, your Google searches are killing me. I'm loving it. <laughs> right, right. So, of course, this is not where we're going with this conversation. We're talking about relationships, keeping your ends clipped on unhealthy relationships. Relationships with people usually requires oftentimes for us to clip our ends, too. Like we we be in these unhealthy, you know, emotionally unhealthy, spiritually unhealthy mentally unhealthy relationships that does take effect on our hair too and we never really consider this and one of the interesting things about this particular issue of keeping your ends clip when it comes to a woman is when a woman gets to a point where she wants a new beginning she wants to start fresh and she wants to feel new energy a new evolution of a sense usually the hair it's the first thing to go. That's yeah. usually the first thing that gets cut. But the funny thing about cutting the hair first is she'll keep the nigga mm -hmm. that made the hair fall out. Mm -hmm. Like, why is this? Like, why is it that in these events of making sure healthy growth is being promoted? Why is it that the thing that makes your hair fall out is the last thing? to get rid of it's always just cutting the hair off period why is that for women it's more of a um i would say it, it, it's it's more of a uh, for women for women i'd say for me from my experience whenever i was going through uh, my last relationship, it was a tough one. So one of the biggest moves I made and was still in that relationship was cut my hair off. So you kind of like touched it off. And then you're still in that relationship or you're ending that relationship. It's more of the symbolism of it all. Um, it's more of like, hey, this is one step. You know how you mentioned it. It's about your emotions, like how you feel. We, mm -hmm. we pride a lot in our hair. So one step is, hey, I'm going to cut my hair off. I'm going to do that. That's one way I'm going to cut it. Then once I get to the point where I'm if it's like able to and I start feeling myself, then I cut the nigga because then it's going to get to that point. Because <laughs> you start feeling yourself. You cut your hair or whatever you did to your hair, you, gotta, you cut it off. You got this new style. You killing it. Then you like, damn, I'm going to look at what am I still doing with this nigga? Like, <laughs> like you, that, that's what you're thinking to yourself. Like, this the nigga I've been stressing about? Oh, no. It's oh, man. Um, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It starts with that. It starts when you see a woman dramatically changing that hair, she's going through some changes. She is definitely going through some changes that she's trying to deal with before she ends up 
whatever the case may be in her relationship, my relationship with that person, I'm going through these changes, and once I cut this off or once I change my hair color or something dramatic, I'm going through some changes, and you better be paying attention because there's a reason for it. Oh, um, wow. Okay. I, I'm being so – that's because we, we do so much with our hair that's so, like I said, emotion-based. Mm, um, because mm. it's symbolism for who, what we're going through. I'm cutting my hair off because that's that's my me cutting off whatever dead end I have. And I get what you're saying. Like, why do I cut the dude off or nigga off that was causing you to have them issues? Because it's mm. easier to cut your hair off than it is to cut the nigga off who's, who's doing whatever he's doing in the bedroom or doing whatever he's doing in that household. Right, right. You know, right. it's you can go to pay your fifty dollars. Whatever it is, you're gonna pay and go get it cut off. But that's one step. Then we're gonna move on to the next step. Cause like I right. said, we start feeling ourselves. We start feeling good. Just like when you first get out there barbecue, um, you get that fresh cut and you cutting it off, or you getting your beard, you know, straightened up. You getting it all the above. It's you're cutting off not only dead or dead end. You're mm-hmm. cutting off and making yourself a new person. And if oh, it's okay. easier to okay. do it that other way instead of cutting it off the other, you know, it it makes more sense that you cut off the dude who caused me the stress, who ain't shit. <laughs> I can right, cut right. it right. <laughs> no, <laughs> who ain't shit. Like, and, and it's easier, it's harder, it's easier said than done to cut off him or whoever that person is, that woman, that man. It's, it's, it's easier said than done, but it's much easier for you to cut off, you know, the symbolism of your hair. That symbolism means a lot, though. So it's like, Dad, you shouldn't cut all the hair off. What are we going to do from here? Like, what, what, where are you going oh, to? Wow. That's everybody's okay. initial reaction is, what you going through? Right. <laughs> and then, too, what also presents itself is, okay, well, if she cut her hair, then that's just the first step of letting you know that that's not the only thing she's willing to cut. Like, if she's willing to, like, cut her hair off for all of that journey that she went through to grow it and style it and go through all of those struggles with it. That means that she's not too far away from cutting you off too. Like you would, that's like a fair warning to a man in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, okay. My nigga. Look, yeah. I cut this hair off. Don't think that you can't be next. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so I get that. I get that. You know, the interesting Maybe. thing about what you were saying is, um, we touched on the definition, of course, and it was talking about how the hair can, you know, shine and it looks thicker and all of these different, you know, attributes to keeping your ends clip. And as a man, this is just me being a man. She always looks shinier when we fuck up or after we fuck up. Like she even looks thicker, like figuratively when we can't have a piece of it no more. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really get how you said like okay that's just the indication of the first step like this is the first step of me reintroducing myself to myself you know what i'm saying like i want to feel different i want a certain type of energy and i want to reintroduce this to myself so i really appreciate you like breaking that down because i didn't even see how that would be a part of the process like sometimes you do have to go from you know the the back end to get to the front versus taking the front to back because your hair is something that whether he's there or not like you can do typically what you want 
But a lot of times, like you can't control the energy between two people when there's another person responsible for it. So like you kind of have to go through that process of figuring self out while you're in the turmoil to make the best decision possible. Like that's how we end up in those situations with people. And they'll say, well, why are you still with him? And you know that, okay, well, I can't really handle all of these bills right now. So why make my situation much harder than it has to be when all I have to technically do is tolerate some shit that I really don't give a shit about no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, it does make sense in, you know, taking the back road versus like going straight in order and doing things. What is figuratively looked at as in order, you know? Um, right. And then that's why you go through that phase of I'm going to stick this out. And then when I'm ready, cause like I said, as women, we're so as black women, we're really big on our hair. So when we get to the point where we don't grow, we took all this time to grow our hair. We took all our time in this relationship. Then all of a sudden you see us cut. Oh, hell. Oh, yeah. You definitely am for it. <laughs> Especially because we spend so much time on our hair. Yeah. Like, we have, as women, we have millions of hair products. And I'm sure your woman, your girl yeah. does, too, has millions yeah. of hair products. We got... And I do, too. I do, too, yeah. to be honest. I got a ton of shit. Like, the thing is, like, I feel like I have a beauty supply in here from just buying stuff that I was trying for my own hair that just didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I would buy so many different products i'm the person that was buying all the shea moisture shit and that wasn't working for me you know what i'm saying and um, And that goes into a relationship yeah that goes into a relationship too like you ask for or you accept a lot of things that necessarily does just does not work for Mm -hmm. you the person or your hair texture you know stress does affect your hair texture and that's funny because that's the that's the other thing that we were going to touch on which was the figurative beauty supply of how expensive it is to treat and take care of black hair. In your opinion, when it comes to a man that you're seeing or dating, do you believe that a man should take responsibilities for the upkeep of a woman's hair, whether you be black or Latina? Should a man no. participate in that? You don't? No. I, I'm, I, that's just me personally. I've always been one that's, if I feel like I want to do something to my hair, I'm gonna go do it. I'm not. I'm not gonna ask for permission in a sense that people will be like, "Hey, did you ask so and so for permission?" First of all, this is my hair. <laughs> oh, I yes, I love that. my my significant other, but then the day the opinion, this is me. This is this is one step of me. Um, if he wants to, um, hey baby, let me pay for this. How about blah? But as a final say so of how I want to do my hair, no man has that much control over me as a woman to dictate how I should have it. And and I say this only because, like I said, I grew up with a father who was like, your hair should be long, straight, ain't no man going to want you if your hair is not like this, blah, blah, because that's just how men, our black men were kind of like driven into, kind of molded into, like, this is how black women are supposed to look. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's like, can't no man tell me what I can and cannot do with my hair. It's my hair. It's my hair for a reason. It's it's um, part of my self-esteem. It builds who I am as a person. And 
I'm not gonna go, you gonna see my hair after the fact. I might be like, I'm gonna get this done, I might not say everything I'm about to get done, but I don't need I don't need a man's approval and I don't need or anyone's approval at that. Whoever I'm in a relationship, it's me, it's mine. But if if whoever I'm with wants to, you know, put input, cool. I take it with a grain of salt. Um, take it how it is, you know, how you feel you feel. But I will say that once a woman changes something about herself, initially, initial reaction, because I will say um, uh, some men are more of a black and white. There's no gray area. So it's like either it's this way or that way. Mm-hmm. But then when we, if initially you see something, you're like, oh, I don't really like that. Then it grows on you. And then about time before you even grow on you, we done changed it real quick on you again. It was like, that. Right, right. I like the last hairstyle you just had. But initially mm-hmm. you didn't like it. Right, 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 right. But okay. it takes growth, and that's that. That takes you know you getting used to, and and for talking about relationships and whatnot, it you may not initially know what you want in the beginning. You may not initially look like the way you thought it would look. Um, but then when you got into it and you grew and you became the person that you are, and you saw that every day. You saw a beautiful woman every day. Like, damn, what was I thinking? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like this is the type of woman that I wanted. This is the type of woman who I, you know, and there's a lot of women. There's a lot of women on social media, but and and I try to get to understand just because a man thinks a woman is attractive does not mean that's the type of woman he wants with him. Oh, true and, shit, true shit. And, and and that's just real, and that's the same thing with women. Um. It, but in this, and 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 back to the hair aspect, it's more of no, I don't need approval. Um, we do want you to be like, we do want that. Hey, baby, you're beautiful. We still want to hear that. We still want to hear those things, but we still want control over what's ours because we haven't had control of our whole body for years. You know, okay. if you go down to thinking of history of black women, black women ain't had control of our body. We've all, someone has always had control of how our body is supposed to be. So now it's, it should be like how I feel is it, it, either you're going to take it or you're not going to take it. Oh, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Because, I, I mean, I think about like the the confines that women go through with their hair. Like they have to protect their hair from the heat, the weather, the traveling, the working out, the nigga. Like it's so many different you know dimensions that they have to go through in order for them to maintain their hair and we don't necessarily go through that extreme process um it's sometimes just as simple as you know a brush and grease for us Mm -hmm. but you know us having those simple you know remedies to fixing our circumstances is probably what makes us think that it should be as simple for you guys. And it's kind of unfair. You know what I'm saying? So um, I definitely appreciate the idea of you saying, like, look, I mean, you can have an opinion, but you don't have the authority. You know what I'm saying? Because exactly. I think that that needs to be emphasized. I remember being in relationships where um, and this is I don't know if this is like a ethnic thing, but I come from a home um, where I never really heard much of the men like having anything to say the only time they did have something to say is when they didn't like it but um the the funny thing about it was like my uncle was my mother's hairstylist so like to see 
to see my uncle um, actually be a very skilled beautician. You know, that wasn't necessarily the most masculine job to have. But um, my uncle was official with doing hair. And he, you know, did my grandmother, all my aunties, my mama. Um, yeah, I was like looking at like how skilled he was at doing it. And women tend to receive like male energy different when it's a male hairstylist for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like it almost feels like he understands, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's yeah. almost to a certain degree where, you know, because he knows what type of conditioner you need, because he knows what type of heat needs to be when applied you to, to your hair. Trim. Yeah. Like he understands. And so I think mm-hmm. that like as men, when we were coming up, we used to frown at the men beauticians and we really didn't understand them. It was almost like they picked a sensitive job to do or something like it was, mm-hmm. it was so much like, you know, that typical bullshit, the, you know, the misogynistic aspects of, you know, making other men uncomfortable for being who they are, you know what I'm saying? And all of these different things. So like when I finally realized it was an issue, it brought me back to my uncle. I'm like, well, damn, like he really knew how to, ultimately make women feel good about their hair all of those times when he would tell certain women like well look you know you shouldn't do this to your hair you know it wasn't him necessarily dictating to you it was him knowing how to you know to i guess provide the instrument of proper care for it you know so yeah so it's a different kind of communication but i think with men who don't have the skill set at all it's just a preference like you have to understand that your preference does not equate to this woman's choice or her experience. You know what I'm saying? And um, we need to just be a little bit more open-minded to how women feel about their, their hair, even the way that they style it. This was her choice. This is one of the choices that she makes that a man feels like he's entitled to take from her. And you can't be that person all the time. You have right. to just say, look, you know, I appreciate the fact that you're keeping yourself together, you beautiful, you steal the shit. Like you need to be that person, like, you know, the supporter, the, you know, the instrument of encouragement. You can't be that person like, damn girl, why you cut your hair? You know, cause that kills a lot of their energy and yeah. it's their struggle. It's their journey, you know? And it's either you accept it or you don't. And we, and, and we want you to accept it. We want our men to be like, baby, you're beautiful these things we want to still feel that same vibe after we do it um and whatever we tend to do to our hair because it could be a million of things we do to our hair um but we still want our black men to love who we are so when we feel like our black men degrade us or talk down on how we look um anything especially our hair right it kind of puts us in a in a angry woman type of mentality where like okay like I'll never you know discuss this with you ever again and you don't want it to be that it should be something like even if you don't agree with that hairstyle because you're not going to agree with every hairstyle that your woman has just go with it It, I I wouldn't say like just go with it but just go with the flow that our hair changes so much we change so much just still give us our props to make it feel like our hair doesn't make us who we are. And right, I right. and that's where we kind of get it from. It, it kind of seems like it, it makes us who we are. And that's why I said I want women to change their mentality 
it's more of an accessory. And if men thought about it that way as well, um, then it wouldn't be as bad. And, and it's changing. Like I said, it's changing slowly but surely. Right, right. Um, but, you know, it, it's a conversation that needs to be had, and I'm, I'm glad that you acknowledge that. Um, I'm glad because some people want to acknowledge it. Some people are like, if you ain't got natural hair or if your hair not straight, then I can't. If you wear a weave, I can't be with you. Like, like, excuse me? Like, okay. There's a lot of things I can say about you, but let me do me. (laughs) Right. Right. Real shit. Let me be me and this is who I am. This is who I want to be. Just let me be me. Right. Appreciate it or don't appreciate it. But that's all you can do is just pick between mm-hmm. the two. Right. So we are like, I think we pretty much maybe 20 minutes away from this session. And so I'm going to try to like wrap it up now. But I'm going to ask this one last question. And I believe it ties into the keeping your ends clipped portion of um, the conversation. As women, in terms of staying away from men, you know, are no good to you or your hair. Women typically believe that. It's the toxic sex that is exhilarating to them when it's actually your deep conditioning to toxic circumstances. Mm. What are steps for women to take to make better self and hair care choices? Ooh. I think self and health care. I think for us, it's just beginning with self. Um, once you take that self stage, and I the first step should be self. Dealing mm-hmm. with yourself first is gonna it's gonna affect everything else down the line. Dealing okay. with yourself is like, hey, I know internally I need to fix this. So let me let me make sure I decondition my head. Let me make sure I do what I need to do with myself. I dealt with myself now, let's deep condition. Let's figure okay. out where we go from here. Right. right then it right. is the next step of, you know, Hey, you know this relationship may or may not be working. Let's let's maybe let's trim a little bit. Let's figure out what we can do to fix what we have going on. Maybe if I trim a little bit, then it'll grow and it'll be better. Okay. Um, okay. And that's in both aspects. But initially, like I'm trying to think of a good step. But initially, you can't go nowhere if you haven't dealt with self, self awareness, self everything. You're dealing with yourself then nothing else is going to go good. You're going to end up with an anxious nigga. And that's just how it is. If you haven't dealt with self or whatever the case may be, you're going to end up with an anxious woman. You're going to end up with an anxious nigga. And that's just how mm-hmm. it is. You have to learn how to first deal with self, deep condition, do your trimming, you know, protect yourself, protect yourself, protect your styles, and all it goes in the same aspect. But mm-hmm. you use that protective style. you use and that's because... This is how you're going to protect yourself. And it all all comes back to self. Um, but I feel like those are like the main, if I've touched on anything, everything. Those are the main things. Like, I, I can't stress enough how I am. I'm big on self-love. I talk about mm-hmm. it a lot. So I can't, you can't move forward without the number one step, which is self. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. I really do believe that self is first. That's how you stay out of those positions of needing those unnecessary ends clipped, um, mm-hmm. you know, and possibly deep conditioning yourself to stay in toxic circumstances, using the wrong mm-hmm. products on yourself 
and your hair. Right. Um, you know, always being in the mind frame of protecting yourself from the things that mean you no good, whether that be I yourself did. or your hair. I totally agree with that. I really did. I really did learn something from this. <laughs> I, I really so. did. This was dope, you know, and um, um, I really I appreciate you. Nah, nah. It was, I mean, it was very informative. It's um, definitely a conversation that I believe needs to go a lot further. So I'm definitely open to um, questions, comments, anything that you guys would have for me. You can hit me up on Twitter at DareGoBJ. Um, send me all your information about hair that I possibly could have left out. Like, let me know so I can educate myself and then also pass it along to our men. Because I think we need this. I need. I think it's so important for us to learn how to be supportive to our women because we think we think leadership means that we're in charge and that's not necessarily what that means it means that we understand what needs to be done it's not always about you having authority so we need to know we need to know how to support our women so um i really appreciate you for having this conversation with me um, give the listeners your social media so they can follow you and your shows and all of the stuff Everything that you have. Everything I got on. going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook, I am TG Nose Curls. Um, it's just how it's spelled. TG Nose and Curls spelled like curls. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing fancy. Um, so I'm pretty much there on every social media. And that on TG Nose Curls, you can find you know, Diary of Afro-Latina, and then also have Dualistic with, um, podcast, which is on Instagram and Twitter, which is D-U-O-Listic, L-Y-S-T-I-C. Um, so you can find me in both of those places. I'm actively on Twitter um, all the time. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, you definitely interact with me all the time on there. I talk about everything, um, <laughs> I, I think he knows me. Then I was like, I'm always on there talking yeah. all over there, everything. Yeah, um, have some yeah. crazy conversations. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I go from her. one extreme to another. Hey, maybe yeah, that's, that's just human. That's just being human. <laughs> yeah, definitely follow her at TG Knows Curls. Um, she's very, very, very in tune with a lot of different things. Her shows are amazing. I do want to ask you. I need you to put me on Samantha's radar. I don't know why. For some reason, I feel like I can't reach her. I don't know why, but I really want to work with her. I think she's dope as well. So definitely let her know. I'm going to be like sliding in her DM professionally in she a couple of days. I'm going to tell her too. <laughs> you know she has a Twitter too. Her, yeah, uh, I follow her on Twitter. Yeah, I think she's really dope too. And I, I want to put something together with her as well. So I'm going to slide in her DMs professionally. I'll make sure and I she just put... did a show with Talking Greasy, too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, shouts out to her. She's very dope as well. And she has um, mm-hmm. the Real Girlfriend Experience, I believe is what it's called. Yep, so, the Real Girlfriend um, Experience. There's definitely some good content coming from you, too. So definitely follow them. Um, Again, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope that this was of some sense of help to men and women and um, let's further this conversation for our queens so that we know how to properly treat them and their hair. Um, This has been another episode of change the subject. I'll see you guys in a few weeks. Peace and blessings.